Hello and welcome everybody to another episode of the World's Greatest Podcast. That's the way the cookie crumbles. Yeah, baby. Little bonus for him, cut little bonus. Little cheeky one, little bonus for him, Jim. A little deadline day special. Twice in twice in one week, it's listen to our voices. They absolutely do. Wouldn't we start on the worst nightmare? I was doing <laughs> the Nigerian nightmare, KSI. Yes, the greatest doctor alive. The greatest, but not Jake Paul, because I am a Jake Pauler. I've never seen Jake Paul. Not two people in one night could have caught all. I'll say. Wow. Yet. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Um, yeah, so today we are actually going to do, as Cook mentioned, a deadline day special little transfer bonus podcast. Um, obviously, this game is this midweek. Some stuff has happened. We're not going to really talk about it, but um, a lad who was born in 2004 scored last night, so that made us all feel very old. Um, so, Cook, how are we going to do this? So, we've all decided, I think, that we're going to go in current league order, so little peek behind the curtain this is getting recorded on wednesday and obviously deadline day is thursday so any outdated content you can just go and fuck yourself because we're not asked so <laughs> shut up so starting with things no one's asked about arsenal who's got them <laughs> i've got arsenal um and i mean they are top of the table cup right now the only team that's won all the games as we have discussed Mid. the other day so uh, maybe respect respect um, yeah so for us I mean I look at that team they've built a, built a pretty good team there but I think the area where they are weakest is probably in that central midfield position um, we've seen at the moment obviously well El Nene's injured at the moment Thomas Partey's injured and also has other things going on uh, should we say diplomatically um, so right now they're down to Granit Xhaka and I mean, Zinchenko, who, who was probably signed as a left-back, if we're being honest, with where he played for City and where he started when he was fit for Arsenal. He went straight in at left-back. So they're looking at Xhaka and, uh, and Zinchenko at the moment. And, and a guy I'd look at, a, a guy that's not played, I don't think, this this season or not started anyway, I'm not sure, is uh, Yuri Tielemans. Uh, came out today that he would be available for 20 to 25 million pounds, uh, less than 12 months on his contract. Only like in coming up to the peak years of his uh, of his career, I think that would be a smart signing there for there for that Arsenal uh, Premier League proven. Like I say, good age, decent price, uh, and in, a, in an area of the pitch area of the squad that they need reinforcements. Definitely agree with all that. So next in line, we've got Man City. So, who's got them? It's me. It's me. I've actually bought City shirts to United, so I've got the uh, trifecta of this podcast. <laughs> um, but yeah, I'll pick us off with, with City. I mean, it's a pretty obvious position, I think. Um, or maybe it's not, but with Sergio Gomez coming in already at left-back, but you, you still look at that City team, um, when it's strongest 11 now, I think. What what could they do with? And a lot of the times it's um, a left foot going down the left, as good as Yao Cancelo is. And the team also looks more balanced when a left foot is running up and down the left hand side. In an ideal world, I'd have picked Alfonso Davis because speaking to Sam last night, I imagine a scenario where you've got Davis and Walker um, as like the counter-attacking safety nets, like the two fastest people alive. Um, but I just don't think that's doable. So I've actually gone for. Um, a lot of watched quite a bit actually, which I've not watched a lot of these people I've got on my list. But uh, 18 left part Hernandez, who 
is also very quick, very strong, powerful, good runner. Gets in the box, gets goals and assists. And yeah, I think it would give City a, a different option if they had a player of that like athletic ability running down the left. They've not had that. I can't even tell you the last time they've had a pure quick runner down that left-hand side. So you've always had the pace and the presence of Carl Walker on the right, but it's more technical when it goes on the other side of the pitch. So it gives it more, more, more balance, I think, and um, yeah, a different option. And I think I just think he's a great player as well. Yeah, he is a great player, Taylor Andes. So moving on to Tottenham Hotspur, I've actually got them, which is it's a bloody shame, but you know what? I'm professional. I'll do it. So... <laughs> I've actually sorted Spurs out here for the first and only time in my life. And I brought to you a player that I do really like, Benoit Badiashile. He currently plays centre-back for Monaco, 22 years old. He's, like, he's, he's a very good player. I love him from football manager and then transpired into actual real life where he is actually really good. And he's actually having, currently so far, a really good season for Monaco and he had a monster of a game in the one-all draw away to PSG the other day, and he's already scored this season in three games. So you're getting a good player in there for for Spurs. You don't really want to spend a lot of money. It's easy to get players from the French league because of the TV deal getting pulled because of the pandemic. So they were promised X amount of money, and obviously with the pandemic happening, that's not happened. So they've banked on that, and it's not came to the fruition. That's why you'll get a lot of joy fishing in France, lads. Fishing so, in France, there you go. Although uh, the French don't like us fishing, there are some laws since Brexit. But a lovely left-footed uh, centre back there for Spurs in, in uh, Antonio Conte's back five there. Uh, and we'll go over to Brighton, who, who's who's one of mine. And obviously, we, we say we say this every year with Brighton. They lack, you know, a clinical striker. I think Danny Welbeck, to be fair to him, has done all right when he's managed to stay fit. But that's the key. He doesn't, you know, he, he struggles to manage to stay fit. But a guy who I think they should go for is probably worth the risk. Uh, he's played for Celtic before, came through at Fulham, uh, and he's been at Lyon for the past few years, and that's uh, Moussa Dembele, the striker, 26 years old. He did have a weird loan at Atletico Madrid that didn't work out, but went back to Lyon last season uh, and got 21 goals and five assists last season. So, like I say, again, another player like Tielemans, uh, less than 12 months on his contract. So if this is something they wanted to do, you know, the fee is probably going to be quite low and it's probably a player that Leon, if he's not going to sign a contract, might want to shift in the next 24 to 48 hours. And, and like I say, score goals at Fulham, got his move to Celtic, score goals, uh, score goals at Leon. Uh, I think he'd probably be worth uh, be worth a punt there for Graham Potter's lads. Definitely. Graham Potter doing bits down there and Brighton hopefully going to back him in the window so he can hopefully get European plays because that'll be some transition for the Seagulls. And talking about teams in transition, Leeds United, I have them. And we're going to continue shopping for Americans with Jesse. We're going to stick to the Leeds business model and I'm going to say that Leeds United currently need a centre-back for the season because I still think going forward, they've addressed a lot of issues, especially when Bamford's injured because they played Rodrigo up there and it looks like they're going to have to play Aronson now or Harrison as a false nine, which is fine with them. But the centre-back I had in mind is Miles Robinson, who currently plays for Atlanta United. You're getting three players in one there. Again, another player close to my heart. He can play wing-back, sorry, left wing-back, left-back, and currently plays centre-half. He's so fast. You're talking about raw pace for centre-halves. He's very good. 
and I believe he's left-footed as well. So I think, again, if you're not wanting to spend that much money, it's quite late in the window, and that's a business model and market that you're going to go for, then I think, yeah, that's what you have to stick to. And moving on now, currently, I think that Fulham, we're talking about the next team, so sixth place currently is Fulham. I think they could do with picking up a player that's currently in southwest London. Ross Barkley has just left Chelsea. He's probably trying to sell his house, but maybe he doesn't have to if he moves to Fulham. I think it's a very logical move. He shines. He signs a short-term deal for Fulham, talking about one year, maybe two. And you put him in there with Polina and Andreas Pereira. I think it's a long season and Barkley could easily play for Fulham. And like I said, it geographically makes a lot of sense for him. And for Fulham, because you're getting a, quite an half-decent player there, he's probably found his level now where he is looking at the foot of the, the Premier League or he's probably going to have to look to moving abroad, I think, lads. So Yeah, and he would join um, uh, a list of players that play for Fulham and Chelsea. He's a great rival. We, we, we know Steve Sidwell, Andrea Sherl, William. That's going to be an ounce. Wow. I mean, why would they play for the other side, Cook? I mean, you could get booed while the, the fans at Craven Cottage are eating the um, couscous. Yeah, they're eating the couscous and throwing cucumber butties at them. <laughs> yeah, so who's next after Fulham, Cook? Um, after the Fulham, oh, last night. fuck's sake. Fucking dog shit. Southampton, who's got them? <laughs> Southampton are with me, uh, and Fuck when I looked know. at this, club, they were they were winning last night. But I still looked at them and thought, you know, they need goals. This team they've had Danny Ings previously, they had Brozier last season, who I know didn't score loads. But I just think his presence on the pitch will be missed for the other, you know, technically gifted players that they've got and that we know they've got to come in. But a guy that they've had a bid for actually, and it's been rejected, is PSV's Cody Gakpo. I think twenty nine million pounds they've they've had rejected. A guy who can play on the wing, but I think would probably suit uh, centrally in that four four two that Southampton play. He's a big lad, six foot two. Again, he's scored goals last season, and and twenty one, twenty two, I think around that age he is. Um, you know, with Southampton doing what they do in terms of bringing players in and probably letting them go to most likely Liverpool in in two or three years, like like always those players. A while ago, uh, I think Cody Gakpo will be a smart signing here. They've already, like I say, had, had a thirty million bid rejected. I think you know, moving up to thirty-five, closer to forty, that probably gets it over the line. And I think that's it's well worth the investment on Southampton's behalf. Uh, a guy, like I say, can play anywhere across the front three. I think in terms of his physicality, uh, would translate pretty well to the Premier League. And moving on, we've got Chelsea, Jim. I believe you have them. I do these I mean you've not heard my voice in a while these lads have shot right down this table since last night unfortunately <laughs> um, Chelsea was my most difficult team to pick a player for um, and I did have I did have Yuri in but you know what he's taken so I'm going to I'm going to get someone else on the fly I think they're obviously leaking a lot of goals at the minute but there is defenders coming in so I don't need another defender um, let's go for uh, a goal scorer and the Romelu Lukaku transfer obviously failed and they're still searching for his replacement in a minute. Um, and I've gone for the other big name as well. That's uh, big name. I've gone for Antoine Griezmann uh, for one reason that he's a very good footballer and a very good goal scorer. And a second reason that he can tell you what's happening this season, which I find is very funny, that um, he actually scored last night for um, Atlético Madrid. 
Um, but Bath are again more worried as the season goes on because there's a clause in um, his loan contract where he's got an obligation to buy. Um, I'll let you've got an obligation to buy him if he plays so many minutes or, or plays so many games, sorry. But the games only count if he plays more than half an hour in the games. Um, the first three games this season, and Griezmann has been subbed on three times in the 62nd minute. And it, and so Barca are getting a bit like, ah, they need the money as well. So I'm thinking Chelsea just come and like, pay the money straight up and they could just put that off. So, but yeah, if you literally look at Griezmann's last three games this season, been subbed on in the 62nd minute, all three games, scored last night. Barca are getting a bit worried. I love that. That's so funny. <laughs> that is nice, that too. Sorry. Proper Simeone, that. Yeah, fuck Barca as well. Who's arse? So, moving on. For a team that a lot of people are asked about, Ivan Sony not being one of them. Brentford. That was a nice little segue. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, a player I've already spoke about on this podcast, another Feyenoord boy that I hold dearly to my heart. Nard... I'm pretty sure I have mentioned on a transfer special before, but he is only 21. He's from Turkey. Orkin Kocu, like I said, he's a box-to-box midfielder. Seven goals, nine assists last season for Feyenoord, who were nowhere near going to win the Eredivisie last year. Like I said, he's only 21. I think a few teams could do with him, but Brentford are definitely a side. I know they've just added the, um, the Danish lad, from Serie A, I forget his name, but I think they could do with another body in there because a couple of injuries, as we've seen, I know you get five subs, so he won't cost a lot of money, this lad again. Buying from the Eredivisie is very similar, unless you're shopping in Ajax's upper echelon department. It is quite cheap. So, who have we got next? Moving on in the table, we have Newcastle United. This will be interesting. Why, I, man, that's me, that. So, um, Come on, Pep. I don't know why I just said that. Um, but no, the thing I, I mean, there's a few teams in the Premier you look and you think, ah, oh, there's a few areas that, you know, they really need reinforcements. And there's some where you think, well, they could probably improve that. And for me, Newcastle, I think, like we've spoken about it before, they've they've recruited really well. Um, but I think an area of the pitch they probably need is is another way. I mean, Sam Maxman's brilliant. We've seen that in the last couple of weeks. And, uh, but we all know, I think, did he go off at the weekend? But, you know, he, he does tend to get injured as well. I think after that, you're looking at Almiron, who I do like. But, you know, if Newcastle are going to push for those Europa Conference, Europa League places this year, which I'm sure is a rain, Almiron, Jacob Murphy, Matt Ritchie, Ryan Fraser, they're not going to do it. They're, they're the old lads from, you know, Newcastle three, four years ago that they've brought in just to help them stay in the league that they've just not got rid of yet. But a player that I think could come in uh, and could forge either a front three or a front four with ASM, Isak, Wilson, is uh, Ismail Asar, who's still at Watford. I think he'll come in, slot in on the right-hand side, a smart signing, a guy who's you know, 22-23. And again, like Tielemans, has, has been available or quoted to have been available for £25 million this summer. We know that Emmanuel Dennis had gone to... Forest for 20 million, I think. Uh, João Pedro, the, and he's a bit younger and uh, I think more of the star man, maybe. Watford are less, not, not as ready to let him go, maybe with Sar. Uh, so Newcastle have gone in for him and been rejected. But I think if they go for his teammate in Ismail or Sar, like I say, ASM, Sar on the wings with Wilson and he's sacked down the middle. Now that's a, that's a good looking attack, that for me. So yeah, I'd go and get another winger if I was a. Uh, 
solid advice and a team that Jim has got another quite quite a juicy one Jim Man United yeah United they've been um, busy in the window um, so far um, looking at what they're trying to do uh, maybe in the last day after this podcast gets released is probably not bring someone in but it's probably resolve the the Cristiano Ronaldo situation and um, it's probably a long shot but I've heard rumours that there's that there's a short chance that um, obviously Ronaldo's looking for a Champions League club a Champions League club that aren't saying that they don't want him definitely well maybe it is Napoli um, so there's the long shot of him going to, to Napoli and Ossiman coming from Napoli to United rather on loan with like an option to buy at the end of it or just to buy him straight out but yeah the more you look at the player and you look at United's attack Ossiman he would just sue that down for the tea I mean he's, he's, he's rapid he, his goal record in France in Italy for his country Nigeria is almost a goal every two games which is ridiculous for a young striker um, he's tall as well so them, them crosses that he'll definitely latch on to I just think an attack of him Sancho Rashford, Anthony, however you want to play in the Langer, it's just got that counter-attacking, almost so sharp eyes, maybe with a bit of um, Ten Hag in midfield, keeping the ball a bit better. But yeah, I think Austin would be a great signing. The player who came from Cook, um, the Ultimate Strikers Academy in Nigeria, which I didn't know was a thing before today, but it is. I didn't know that either, <laughs> lad, until you've yeah. just sold me. It is. Jim, I think we're sticking with you, I could be wrong, but oh, we've yeah. got Liverpool next. No, I'm not Liverpool. I'm, I'm oh, not on. Stan, I do, do apologise. Stan, oh, on. No, it's you. It's you. It's me. I do. <laughs> well, it's actually a special guest, so we yeah. will let you off. Yeah, we can we can bring the guest in, Cook, if, if we've not done one. I'm sure Mr Dunn will uh, enlighten us. Yeah, so Dunny has kindly done a little voice note to tell us what Liverpool need in his eyes, and then I'm going to tell you just quickly afterwards my one so here's Jordi I think we need a centre midfielder more so a creative midfielder someone who can sort of control the game and pick a pass I know we've got Alexa Thiago at the minute but when he's only really given us 20 odd games a season and the amount of games that we're going to be playing especially over the next few months we need that depth obviously him and Naby between them both are unreliable I don't even know how many games Naby's played but he can't see our season at the minute and I know there was a few comments that we saying that he's unhappy with the, with the situation he's in at the minute I think with Harvey Elliott getting chosen over him um, he's probably not too happy with but he's not really kicked on since he's joined us but on the flip side of that we have got Alexa like, Carvalho and um, Abby Elliott who's come in and Abby Elliott especially he's been our best player in my opinion so far this season so I mean I don't think they impact their development too much but yeah I think if we get a creative midfielder just the one just for a little bit more depth I mean we've got Chamberlain as well but he again he's the same and it's not even that quality of play that we really want um, I'd like to see a goal with someone like Yori Tellemans or I know we've been linked with a, a, a lot probably on a, Neves from Wolves, that type of player, someone who is a, probably an all-round centre midfielder, but I don't know, we'll see. We'll see how the next couple of days go. Hopefully we can get someone in, but we'll see. 
Okay, so that was Jordy giving us his thoughts on what Liverpool need. And he's saying that they need someone to obviously dictate the tempo for the Red Men. But I think also they need to look at a cheap alternative at the moment, a potential stopgap on the way to Jude Bellingham. And Yuri Telemans is an option, but a, a player I think would be potentially easier to get because I think Leicester are just happy to let him go for free next summer and not have an absolute fire sale this summer. I think Douglas Louise from Aston Villa would be a great signing for him as a bit of a stopgap midfielder. I think he's obviously come from Manchester City, so he's got pedigree. We've seen what he's about, obviously, playing for Aston Villa. I think Gerard's always got that. It's, hard to, it's almost like, obviously, he, the player would be going to Liverpool. So on one hand, he's losing one of his best midfielders. I'd probably say his second best midfielder to Mr. John McGinn. And... But he's also in the his heart saying, oh, but you're going to Liverpool and you're going to make them a well better side and I might actually get to manage them one day. And he's almost got that in the back of his mind. I don't know, but I think it would be easier to do because I think it'd be easier to get him off Aston Villa because like I said, Leicester have just lost Fafana and they don't really need to sell now. They've got money and they can spread that cash a bit now and just say, no, we're happy to, what's, what's 20 million this year when we can just get a full season out of you? Then you can go for now next year. So I think... Douglas Louise is a nice little stopgap alternative to Jude Bellingham or Declan Rice or any big midfielder that I think you could see Liverpool do what Liverpool do and splash out big on that one player next summer, quite early. So who's next? We have Crystal Palace. Yes, that's me. Um, so yeah, I look at Palace. I mean, they're a side that are wanna you know going to want to sit in and break with all that pace that they have with Elise Zaha. As ARU, Edouard, all these, you know, players that have, you know, really good technically, but also have that, you know, yard of pace that is going to hurt teams. We've seen them hurt Liverpool with it and they were 45 minutes away from hurting City with it as well. And I, I look at that defence, I think it's pretty settled with Mitchell, Gerhi and Anderson. But I look at right back, I look at Ward and Klein, both the wrong side of 30. Um, and a player that used to play for them that they got 50 million for is Aaron Wambasaka, who's currently at United and, and Ten Hag doesn't want. Uh, he's made it pretty clear he wants Dallow. I think Wambasaka's maybe had one sub appearance this season against Liverpool for five minutes, just pretty much to waste time and go to a back five. So uh, Aaron Wambasaka may be on loan if they can't, you know, afford to, to buy him back because I'm not sure how much United want for him. Uh, but even, even if it's a loan there, I mean, there's. He's not brilliant, as we know, going forward. But if, if he's going to a team, he's definitely Premier League quality. If wan can go to a team like Palace, where he's going to be loved, he's come through there, he's already been there before, they're going to sit in and he's maybe going to try and man, you know, man-mark some of the best wingers in the league out the games, like your Diaz, like your Sterling, etc. We've seen him do that before. Um, so, yeah, smart signing for Palace. I think probably the best move for wan as well to reignite his career. Yes, and I think you're right. I think a fresh start for Aaron Wambasaka is definitely what's needed for him. And moving on, we've got Nottingham Forest. Yeah, Nottingham Forest, um, just about to announce on the 19th signing this summer, which I don't get how that happens. Uh, is that it? Yeah, exactly. That, that it? That's, that's a squad. That's six short of a squad. How do you get <laughs> the guy that's got everything? What do you buy him? It's, you know what I mean? It's trying to buy him on some for Christmas, this. You know what I mean? She's already got anything everything that girl. Um, <laughs> so I've actually gone for I've actually changed this just last minute. Um 
So this is just an on-the-fly kind of signing. And, I mean, like I said, they've got 19 signs in. They're getting a bit greedy. One more would make it an even 20, which would be nice. But this player isn't coming in to play football at all. He's coming in to sort that dressing room out because I wonder what the dynamics are like in Nottingham at the minute with uh, 19 new faces and about 20 new different languages all, all going on. You know what I mean? They don't know what they're doing. So let's bring in Master of the Dressing Room and Premier League title winner, who is a free agent, by the way. <laughs> Bobby and Del. <laughs> back in the Premier League. I mean, it's the basics of football, and he will let them all know that. Fair play. Fair Bobby play. You can't Del. get much straight to the point there. I mean, there's, like Jim what said... What else say about Forrest? They've got 19 signs. Yeah. <laughs> signed who, who position. You, yeah, who else can you get other than somebody <laughs> like Jim says has been there and done it in the Premier League and, you know, might be one of the most important signings off the field uh, maybe not on it but off the field you never know I'd love Forrest to get Zlatan just do something at Denmark like that <laughs> yeah. there's actually, you know there's actually some very interesting names yeah. and a free agent at the minute um, Diego Costa to Forrest Diego Costa wow. yeah being one of them Adnan Yanazai as well being another one he's going severe I've heard well, ah, right. you know there's, there's, there's some good options there um, Marcelo I mean, he's, he's running everything. Kidding me? Juan Mata. Oh, Juan, yeah. Juan, yeah. I mean, you can imagine Zlat going in and saying that he, he grew up dreaming of Brian Clough or something like that, couldn't you, really? So it wouldn't surprise you, him going there. He'd be like, me, you know, I had a Brian Clough tattoo on his arse. Yeah. R.I.P. Fuck, <laughs> Everton. <laughs> oh, that's very manly. That's very manly. You'd say R.I.P. to me, you know. Uh, you so, yeah. so, yeah, Everton. Um, so, obviously, we've already seen this season the fragility of Everton's front line. They sold Richarlison. Calvert-Lewin's <laughs> already got injured for a sustained period of time. So, I think, like I said earlier, go shopping in France, okay? Unless you're shopping in Paris, you'll get players on the cheap. And the player that I think Everton could do with signing, Jonathan David, a player that's got 26 goals in 31 appearances for Canada, and he's played Champions League football for a number of years now. He's played at a decent level for a number of years now. I think at a better level with better players around him, you'll see him go to the next level. I'm not talking about that he's going to be a wonder kid, but I think for Everton, he's a solid option with good experience who can at least hold the ball up and bring other people into play. And it looks like Anthony Gordon's staying, so that'll be another big coup for Everton in there. But like I said, you could probably pick this player up for less than thirty million, and to a Premier League club, if you're talking thirty million to potentially keep you up, you do it. Definitely Aston, well worth it for Everton. A bit more firepower. Aston Villa next. Aston Villa. Oh God. Right. Well, I mean, the best thing they could do is, is you know, best signing they could get is a new manager. Really, let's be honest. But we can't do that. We're looking at the playing staff, um, and I, th- I think they need a centre half again. I mean, we spoke about it on the last pod there, where Diego Carlos is now injured, so they're back to Concer and Mings. And, and you know, Cook did mention the other day that him and Gerard haven't seen eye to eye. Maybe he's, he's lost the captaincy, but he's back in all of a sudden as well. I think with Courtney Hawes maybe as as a, as a backup there. So I think centre half's the area where Villa needs someone. And looking on transfer mark there with with defenders with less than twelve months on the contract is, is a player called Stephen De Vrij, who uh, has been at Lazio and into Milan. Nice, uh, thirty years old, uh, could come straight into that team there. A uh, little bit of ex- well, not more than a little bit of experience. Dutch international, lot of experience, title winner at Inter Milan. 
um, bring him in, slot him in straight next to uh, Esri Consa and uh, crack on again uh, with, you know, a, a signing on the cheat where if Diego Carlos comes back next season, it's not going to hurt you too much if, if De Vrij is still there. 100% true. And moving on to Bournemouth. Oh God, this is... <sighs> Sorry, Bournemouth fans, for what I'm about to say, but it is all true. Uh, so I've I've actually not gone for a player that Bournemouth need to go out and get. I've gone for a manager that they need to go out and get before before time anyway, before no time at all. And that manager is Sean Dyche because at the moment Bournemouth are not hard <laughs> to beat. And this guy is all about making teams hard to beat. You've seen him do it on a shoestring budget. It's it's a marriage made in heaven, in my opinion. For for these two teams, you've got a guy who can work on that shoestring budget and the whole team is fucked at Bournemouth they genuinely need to be prioritising the championship next year because they are going down and the damage is already done I think with a team of I hate to say it but a team of this stature they're not a big club they hold 11,000 in the stadium they've got hardly any ambition with ticket sales or even to expand the ground and I think again do it on a short term deal Daishi and I think they're obviously going down, but if you can lock him in, he's the guy to get you back up next year. But like I said, the whole team's fucked. So go and get a manager who makes you hard to beat at least, and there won't be another 9 nil. Yeah, that is probably the best signing they can make. I think we've missed West Ham out there. Jim, is that you, West Ham? Oh, shit. It it's not that me. Is. It's not that me. Is. But fuck that you, Hammers fans. <laughs> but, get um, but get a result tonight against Spurs, please. <laughs> they're on the same points as Bournemouth so no oh, fair enough um, we'll let you off uh, West Ham yeah you look at that team it's brought in big um, big money signing we could get uh, very excited to watch him play football again I love this time along City were actually saying that he was going to be Abernardo Silva replacement for the Ibla for Barcelona this window but yeah look at that team um, fullbacks team weak to me um We've got Crespo one year left in his contract. Same with Pifal on the other side. With Brian Emerson, follow left back, just when you played wing back in their first run on the weekend. Or as a, somebody could start playing right before him, or Ben Johnson maybe, um, is a guy who's towered around a lot of clubs. Um, again, I'm going for a team that is trying to raise money and sell players this late on in the window in Barcelona. And it's um, Serginio Desk, who will get more football at West Ham. It could kind of get his career going again. I don't think it's kind of worked out from that move to Barcelona. Um, so, yeah, and it's, 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 I think it's a things position that West Ham needs. So it's a good it's a good side. It is. Um, it's one of them sides that I think is very stable in the league. Obviously, you know, had a good start to the season, but just planning ahead with Kufal, maybe he don't renew his contract this year, then they've just stuck with Ben Johnson for next. And that is a position I think they will be looking at getting. Okay, so we'll go over to Wolves. And again, like a lot of these teams I've spoken about, um, I think they need a defender as well. I look at Max Kilman and Nathan Collins, two good young defenders. Uh, well, obviously, they've lost Connor Coley as well. And the only defender I think they had on the bench at the weekend was a young lad called Toti, who, who only had five or six appearances for Wolves anyway. So he's not going to provide too much experience or probably too much quality, to be honest with you. But a guy I look at, um, is Danilo at PSG a guy who used to be a defensive midfielder has moved to centre-half uh, recently played there at, at centre-half next to Pepe for Portugal so Portuguese international he's played in the Champions League has only played about 
half an hour, 40 minutes uh, altogether so far this season across four games, being a sub twice and an unused sub in the other two games. So he's probably a guy you PSG would sell. And like I say, if there's anybody you can sort out that Portuguese transfer, it's Mr. Mr. Mendes. And like I say, a guy experienced going to come in maybe if Kilman or Collins need taking out or if Wolves want to go back to the back three, back five that they were, you know, have been successful in since coming up to the Premier League. They've always been a tough team to beat. I think he'd be a nice player to slot in there between the two young centre-hours to learn from. Definitely, Stan. And obviously with Wolves just adding that player from the Bundesliga and Willy Bolly Ofsky to Forest, they could do with it. So, last but definitely least, Leicester. I'm sure they wouldn't appreciate that, Cook. Um Brendan Rodgers has actually said that he's been a torrid. Oh, I don't know what he said. He said it's been a tricky window or whatever he was, he was saying. So, oh. An unstable time, I think he actually said. Um, Stable top lip. <laughs> um, yeah, struggling Leicester, bottom of the table. Not many would have followed in bottom, even after four games. Um, it was on the, the fire cell before Cook mentioned it. Um, obviously, Telemans looks like he's gone away. Stefano has just left for Chelsea for near 70 million, whatever the price tag is. We discussed it on last week's pod where I went through the two centre-backs that were in front of Danny Ward. I mean, I could say keeper, I could say centre-back. There's actually a few positions that Leicester could do with. I've gone with centre-back because um, I just think they can't do this season with 34-year-old Johnny Evans and Taglar, Sionchi, or Amati, whoever they try to choose. Um the best way to get over a Chelsea player cut, a player league for Chelsea cook is to get under one that's going to leave Chelsea um, is Trevor Chalibur. Um, I was reading the other day that two colours told Chalibur and uh, I think it was Kepper as well to stay and fight for your place but you can see why Chalibur might find that hard to do with um, looking at the amount of um, money they're spending on players that can play centre back just going through the top of my head. I know Tuchel does play three of them, so there's quite a few options there, but Kikrola and James are more than capable of filling in when they need to. Thiago Silva's a mainstay. Billy Valley's just come for massive money. Cabana, like we say. There was talks of um, Varial um, from Leipzig. So, and, and when Chalibur looks at some of his old teammates, um, especially Mike Gahey, captain of Crystal Palace, and they look at um, I can't think of his name, Fikio Tamore, who won the um, Scudetto with Milan. He, he might find it hard to stay there, and Leicester will certainly hope that he can be that kind of player who just kicks on after Chelsea. We know Chelsea's academy is just amazing, and they produce some great talents. One thing I will say about Chelsea, uh, Leicester is please do not, if they do do this kind of signing, is I was seeing, I was reading this morning that the reason they can't spend big, even after selling the fans for so much, is the when they bought him from say Etienne, Etienne actually um, had some mad like release clause slice percentage of the next sale. I think it was like twenty five percent of it went to Etienne, but they didn't get anywhere near seventy million. Um, I think the board have actually told Rogers that he would get about a third of the money to spend on a new centre back in a day. So it's tough. Um, I, whether they'd be able to even afford Chalibur is another question. But yeah, that was my pick. Yeah, so there you have it. Every Premier League team and what they need for the Cookie Pods 150th birthday. Lads, I'm going to put you on the spot. Would you like to say a few words while we're 150 eps old? 
Um, yeah, thank you to everybody that's listened from the beginning and is still listening. If there is anybody still there, uh, much love out to the Cookie Monsters uh, going all the way from the beach house or even the room at our local uh, leisure centre, I think, where we actually originally started or, or maybe even Cook's living room whilst the kettle was boiling. So if you remember those days back in, uh, was it the 1819 or 1920, 1819 it was, wasn't it? Right. 2018 we were made. So obviously going into our fourth season now, I think. Uh, thank you if you're still in, if anybody's new and has joined since, and thank you for uh, arriving, should we say. Yeah, I wasn't here during the um, time you went to, was it the room in... I'm not going to say what, what building it was in, but you went to a room that used to rent another room on the whatever night yes. it was. Yeah, yeah. I, wasn't, I, was, I was there for the first ever episode, as the first ever guest. Um, but yeah, I think we've come a long way. We've obviously had a lot of things happening between the first episode and the 150th. Um, so yeah, but we'll keep yeah. going if you keep listening. I couldn't have put it better myself. And just to reiterate what the lads have said, nice one for listening and nice one for sticking around. But if you are new, Hop on the Cookie Pod bandwagon. Follow our socials, Instagram and Twitter, Cookie Podcast One. Search in on YouTube, Cookie Podcast Clips. You'll see us on there. And Jim, tell the listeners all about our new TikTok. Oh, yes. It is still Cookie Podcast One, guys. We're not going to get into it. It's not, it's not. It's not. It's not. It's not. No, it's, it's, the, it's the Cookie Podcast. Oh, it's the Cookie Podcast. That's even, that's even, that's even easier. We don't even need the numbers, right? So just to reiterate that, on TikTok, lads, we get some. We know you're all scrolling there at night when you can't sleep, you've all got insomnia, and that lost brain cell is still alive. Just <laughs> TikTok. At The Cookie Podcast, we're going to be coming with some content, some podcast clips, maybe some little in-real-life reactions, views, whatever, debates. We'll see how it goes. But yeah, please follow us and um, yeah, like, our, like our talks. Yes, definitely. Again, nice one for listening. It's our 150th birthday and that's the way the cookie crumbles. Give it.